0: The skis everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. This is episode 50. Oh my goodness. And on this episode, we will be discussing the second round of the NHL playoffs that are now over. We're off to the final four in the NHL and the Toronto Maple Leafs are not in that final four. So we're going to be talking about that. Going to be talking about the Edmonton Oilers and the fact that a Canadian franchise has not won a Stanley Cup in 30 years. And there's some just general other news going on in the NHL. We'll talk about some of that. We'll preview the third round. And yeah, that should be good enough. So where do we start? I mean, let's just start with the saddest news. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, everybody. He is out on the Ottawa Senators bid. I know, I know. It's uh, it's very, very upsetting news. It's probably the most upsetting news that I've heard in the last couple weeks. I mean, Ryan Reynolds... Deadpool, the Senators, sound like a match made in heaven, and it's uh, it's it's done now, so, I mean, go Snoop Dogg, I guess, I mean, Snoop Dogg's still in there, The Weeknd, uh, I find it really funny that no one actually, apparently, knows that guy's real name, everyone just calls him The Weeknd, myself included, don't know his name, but uh, go Snoop Dogg, I am sad that Ryan Reynolds is out But in all seriousness, that is not the saddest news. Don't worry. We'll be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs getting eliminated and the Edmonton Oilers getting eliminated because it's pretty sad on both ends. So um, we'll save the Leafs for a little bit. I want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers right now. It's a little bit more fresh. They were eliminated uh, in more recent memory, I guess, and... um, yeah, it's it's a it's a sad ending to a, a really good series, man. I was really hoping for Game Seven. I wanted that more than anything. Uh, who came out the winner on this one? I mean, it wasn't I wasn't rooting super hard for either of these teams. I mean, they're both fine, but uh, let's try and break down this series because there's a ton of controversy all around this series and uh, what the future is going to be for the Edmonton Oilers up for debate a little bit, I guess, in Edmonton. So. In game four, it's all Edmonton, man. They they rocked it. They got three goals in their first 10 shots. It was a very, very well-played game by the Edmonton Oilers. There was a, a Mark Stone cross-check in the back, no call, and then Ekholm puts it away. Gorgeous goal right there from Ekholm. And I know a lot of the storyline around this series is going to be around the referees and and the suspensions, and I mean all of that stuff. Again, I will. I know how bad the refereeing is. It's it's been terrible throughout the whole entire series. It's been terrible for decades now. So I mean, what were we expecting the refereeing to be good? I mean, I don't. I don't. I wasn't, man. I I, I went in knowing very strongly that the refereeing was going to be bad, and there was going to be a lot of controversy around the refereeing. It's just the same old story every single year. So I, do, I just don't know what people were expecting. But uh, yeah, so Nurse ends up getting suspended in uh, for one game here because he got into a fight in the final. I think it's Five minutes. If you get into a fight, it's an automatic one game suspension. Fucking news to me. I didn't know that either, but apparently it is. And um, a lot of people didn't want that suspension to be upheld. The NHL uphold that suspension. Darnell Nurse is out for one game. And it's a big blow for the Edmonton Oilers. That's one of their best defensemen on the team. Uh, Maybe up for debate with um, some. NHL fans out there but regardless Darnell Nurse plays a big role for them and he was going to be out and then the whole like the one that's way worse is uh the Petrangelo suspension which was only for one game he was he knew exactly what he was doing he had all the intent in the world to try and break Leon Dreisaitl's arm man like that slash was out of control one game suspension everyone is saying that it should have been two I agree I mean there's no way that the severity of what Darnell Nurse did to what Petrangelo did, it's not comparable. Petrangelo's was so much more, so much more egregious and just fully intending to hurt someone. Darnell Nurse got into a fight with someone who agreed to have a fight with him. it I mean, I think it was really smartly played by, I don't remember the guy that he got into a fight with on Vegas, but that guy more than likely knew that you know, Darnell Nurse was going to get suspended for doing that. So he more than likely obliged and just said, yeah, man, go ahead. You're going to get suspended. And he did. So I'm not, I don't know if he really did do that, but that is some 3D chess shit right there, if that's what went down. But regardless, man, I mean, Angelo got away with, like, NHL murder, basically. Like, he took off Leon Dreisaitl's arm. And then after that, Leon Dreisaitl was, like, virtually invisible, can't blame the guy. He clearly was in pain. Like, that was so vicious, just just bad, man, just really, really bad, and yeah, I mean, I'm on the side of Edmonton Oilers fans on that one, you have every right to be upset with that, was it the reason, the sole reason why they lost the series? No, I don't think so, does it play a part in them losing the series? I mean, yeah, absolutely, I mean, you just lost your most potent offensive player, and you lost a defenseman for a game, I mean, it's get, definitely going to do some damage, like, Edmonton came into the playoffs with not a very strong blue line. They came in with a nice upgrade of Ekholm who was excellent for them in the series but um I think all in all, man, the Oilers just didn't have the defense and they didn't have the five on five to take down Vegas like they were they were definitely being held up by at the greatest power play of all time. I mean, the numbers say everything. That was legitimately the greatest power play the NHL has ever seen since they started tracking that. And it was definitely deadly. And, I mean, time and time again, you can't rely on just a power play to win you a Stanley Cup. They were never going to win the Cup with that power play alone. That's just not how it works. If that the 5-on-5 lack of scoring continued on, and the defense in front, and, of course, the goaltending... I mean they did I think they did much better than a lot of other teams would if they had only a power play going for them. I think Edmonton that's how good that power play was. It, it really was absolutely insane to watch that power play, but I mean, let's start with the goaltending. I mean, Stuart Skinner, I'm not going to put the blame on him. He he played he didn't play good. I can't say that he played good and he didn't didn't really win Edmonton any games in the second round. I think, I think, honestly, now I'm a big old Jack Campbell soupy fan. I think Jack Campbell should have played a game there, man. I think he should have got in for game five or six, somewhere in there. Jack Campbell should have started a game. And that's all up for debate. So it's really easy to look from far away, right? If you look at the playoff numbers, Jack Campbell's playoff numbers were out of control. Never started a game. That was all in relief. In relief, he was excellent. I mean, can't deny it. He was good. When he went in for relief, he was good. Stuart Skinner, I mean, he got pulled, what, four times in the playoffs? I think two or three times in this series. Like, it just wasn't there, man. They were really, really trying to force it. I'm not 100%, like, I don't agree with that. I mean, um, Jack Campbell's the guy that got the big contract in the offseason. He's making $5 million, big, long contract, And, I mean, a lot of people were questioning it before it even got signed because it was already rumored that that's where Jack Campbell was going to go and he wasn't going to re-sign with the Leafs. The Leafs look like geniuses now, but, I mean, honestly, man, if you're going to give a guy that much money, he played well in in relief and Stuart Skinner just wasn't playing well enough. And, again, not all his fault. The defense in front was just not good enough either. But Jack Campbell, I I can't believe they didn't give him a shot. I mean, he's even just to force it like kind of, it's sort of similar to the situation with Florida right they had Alex Lyon this 30 year old goalie who kind of got them in there but when it started to get a little shaky for him in the playoffs they went straight to their 10 million dollar goaltender Bobrovsky and he got the job done he was an excellent Against the Bruins But he was really fucking good Against the Toronto Maple Leafs So I'm not saying that the same result Would have happened for the Edmonton Oilers Or that Jack Campbell is as good as Bobrovsky But I mean if I was in that position I would have put Jack Campbell in I mean what You know you really The way that Stuart Skinner was playing It just wasn't From what I saw man Like I watched uh, Both the games that he got pulled out of He was It just wasn't good man He was not good Game 5 Game 5 it was a 4-3 to game, like, maybe if Skinner didn't start that game, maybe Edmonton would have won that one, because it was close. Soup went in, and uh, he he kept them in the game. He gave them a chance to win it, they didn't quite get it done. So, if Jack Campbell was able to steal them the win in, in Game 5, I think it would have been almost a guarantee that he would have started Game 6. And then, who knows, maybe we'd have Game 7, and it'd be a totally different story, but personally i don't think so i don't think jack campbell alone would have helped the edmonton oilers i mean there's a whole lot of other outliers uh zach hyman just didn't have the offense in the second round evander kane didn't have the offense nugent hopkins didn't score a goal that's a 100 point player who just didn't have any goals in the playoffs yeah he had 10 points but kind of comparable to marner like even marner had goals but, um, like, it's not just about the points, it's about when you're getting the points, how big of a moment, like, how, it's it's the timing of the points. Like, Marner tends to pick up points when the games are already out of hand, and yeah, he had a couple of really big points and goals in that series Mitch Marner did. We'll talk about them, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins just didn't have it. Evander Kane didn't have it, even though I thought Evander Kane out there looked quite effective. He was flying around, he was getting shots, he just couldn't get a goal, man. He just couldn't get a goal. I thought he played well, it just, the, the results weren't there, they weren't scoring. And then the defense, man, I mean, I don't know, like, I know their their defensive core isn't the strongest. Like, I never heard of this Arne guy. People have been just ripping that dude apart, and I mean, from what I saw, like, yeah, he's not not very good, but, I mean, there was one point, I forget, I think it was game six, I saw no one in front of the net, it was in the Edmonton Oilers zone, and guess who was defending in front of the net, all by himself, with the Vegas Golden Knight there with them. it was Connor McDavid, I was like, what the fuck is that, like, no defense, the defense was gone, I don't know where they were, taking a lunch break or something, but Connor McDavid defending in front of the net, like, that just cannot be happening, man, and... Yeah, the defense just wasn't there, and I think more props needs to be given to the Vegas Golden Knights, man, because fucking Aiden Hill got the job done, like, it really looked like it was going to be a slaughter early on in Game 6, because he lets in, I believe it was the first two shots of the game, and I was like, rut row, this could get out of hand, and then he shut that shit down, and so did Vegas, Vegas shut Edmonton down, like, Edmonton went all out in that third period game six man they really really did they had tons of chances Aiden Hill came up huge with the big saves and Vegas shut it down they really shut it down as good as you can against Edmonton like that is not an easy team to shut down I think they did a pretty fucking good job at doing it like Leon Dreisaitl he I mean given the the nature of the injury I mean he got shut down don't think that's that's a two thing, right? Like, he's, I think he's injured, clearly injured, and uh, he probably ran out of gas. A lot of people are saying that, you know, over the season, McDavid and Dryside will play a lot of minutes for forwards. They're in the mid-20 minutes for a forward. That's really, really high. That's defenseman numbers. And, I mean, Edmonton's kind of got to do it, right? Because they don't really have the forward depth that other teams have and they're just so damn effective. I mean, they're cheat codes out there. McDavid goes out there, he's putting up 2 points a game in the regular season, Leon Draisaitl right behind him. So, you can it's you could chalk it up to that. I mean, it's it's not just coaching like everyone was praising it a couple of weeks ago them doing the 11 and 7 and putting McDavid Draisaitl out there for extra shifts. That was all good until they lost the series. So, I mean, it comes down to team depth, man. It's it's there's so much more To winning a Stanley Cup than having a superstar. Like you gotta have team depth, you gotta have depth scoring, you gotta have, you gotta have depth for injuries, you gotta have goaltending, and I mean depth, 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 right? Depth is very, very important. And the Leafs have been learning that the hard way and paying their big guys the big money, and their depth is taking a shot. And Edmonton's not in they're getting they're pretty pretty darn close, right? They're they're almost in the same boat. Like Leon Dreisidle that contract right there, that is a Stanley Cup winning kind of contract, you have a contract like that on your team, and you got a guy producing like so over that contract's worth, that's the kind of thing you got to have on a Stanley Cup winning team, you got to get lucky sometimes with those, and when Leon signed that contract, everyone was calling Edmonton crazy, that's going to be one of the worst contracts, and now it's one of the greatest contracts ever ever put to pen and paper, like holy shit, so I mean Edmonton, they gave it a really good shot. I know it's extremely disappointing, but I mean you still got Leon, you still got McDavid. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough to run it back next year, right? It's another year with Stuart Skinner. He's obviously gonna be rather shooken up by the way that it went down in the playoffs. Like he's gonna feel responsible. He's gonna take a lot of that load, and it's gonna be a tough, tough uh, offseason for Stuart Skinner to rebound. I mean, Jack Campbell, it's it's always going to be tough sledding for poor Soupy because he's got the the weight of that contract and the pressure of being in a Canadian market and all that stuff. But, you know, that's on everybody. I mean, Nugent Hopkins has a lot to answer for, Hyman and all those guys. All those guys are going to have things to answer for, but I got to give it to Vegas, man. That was a hell of a game by them, Marshasso, I was going crazy for that dude, like, I love that guy, like, Marshmallow, he is the best, and for him to get the Natty Hattie hat trick in that game, that was fucking awesome, I love the fact that the Misfit line, and the Misfits, the guys that are some of the few remaining guys from that original Vegas team, because Vegas just shipped everybody off, right, and I love the fact that it's like Riley Smith, William Carlson, fucking Marshasso, getting it done, along with others, I mean, Jack Eichel has been, ugh, like who's i mean damn jack eichel wins the the battle against mcdavid the battle of the 2015 draft 2016 draft i mean damn like eichel showed the fuck up dude he was excellent that whole line was really good their defense was excellent and berçoise goes down aiden hill comes in they're on their fourth fourth goaltender i can't believe at this point that Vegas hasn't even gone to Jonathan Quick yet. Like, is that not like a really scary ace in the hole that Vegas is holding on to? And they haven't even used that yet. Like, I wouldn't even be worried. I'd be terrified if I was um, Dallas going in here and it's like, Jesus, even if we take out Aiden Hill or something, they got Jonathan Quick back there. And that guy is a wild card when it comes to playoffs. That dude can go fucking super saiyan in the playoffs so i mean congratulations to vegas i mean such a successful franchise already i a little bit wanted it to be the kraken just so we can have the two newest teams going up against each other but it's going to be the dallas stars going on so let's let's swing over we'll talk about dallas and the seattle kraken i mean holy what a story for the kraken man i mean no one myself included had them making playoffs i thought it was going to be Kind of a slow build for that team to get into there, but no, they got in and they definitely turned some heads. Eliminating the Stanley Cup, uh, the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions, beating them in game seven overtime on in their building was kind of the first like, wow, okay, maybe, maybe the Kraken are legit. Some people still not convinced. Oh, Colorado, they're injured and oh, they're not, they're not full power, but I mean, they gave Dallas. A run for their money man That was A really solid Fun series Grubauer was Out of control Good man He was so good He won back Some of my respect If you follow along With this podcast I'm not a Grubauer fan Not because he's a bad person Or anything It's because I drafted him And he let me down and, I mean, damn, dude, I can't deny that, even though I think some of his numbers may not look the most impressive on paper, if you watch the series, man, Grubauer's making so many 10-bell saves, and it. I, almost, I thought for a second there he was going to steal that game seven because he was out of control, man. Until he let in that first goal, he made so many fucking good saves. I was like, oh my goodness, Grubauer might steal this game right here by himself, and No, then comes the Dallas Stars they get the first goal and Jake Ottinger has such a good record of coming back strong after a loss and he was almost in the same boat as Stuart Skinner because like Buddy was getting pulled a lot Ottinger is a he's a young guy he he has some very good uh, games under his belt already especially uh, in the playoffs he's been he's been proven to be quite good there already but this season I'm watching him And watching him in the playoffs, and I was like, oh, he looks, uh, he's getting shook out there. Like, he's getting lit up like a Christmas tree a couple times in this playoffs. And it's kind of been a theme throughout this playoffs. Like, goaltenders are getting lit up in this playoffs. A lot of goalies getting pulled. I think they said, the last stat, I think they said it's the second most so far, and we're only halfway through. We still got rounds three and four. So, it could be the most goaltenders getting pulled that we've ever seen and maybe that leads into my argument that I've had a couple episodes ago where maybe we're going to start seeing tandem goaltending happen more consistently in the playoffs and it won't just be a regular season thing but eh, still not quite there yet I mean I think a couple teams should have used the tandem thing looking at you Edmonton But it's too late now, so that's over. But the Kraken, man, what a fucking game that was. That was a really fun game seven. Even though it only ended up being a 2 1 game, that was a really just fun game to watch, man. Like, I was going nuts. It was a fun series. I enjoyed it. I'm really happy for the Kraken. Like, their fans came out in droves, they were so crazy. Dallas fans as well I mean they're fucking crazy and the Dallas Stars I mean what a performance from them and the scariest thing about Dallas is like their best offensive player Jason Robertson hasn't even gotten going yet like what is going on with that guy a couple things about Mr. Robertson I never realized how big he was I did not know he was six foot three over 200 pounds I had no idea he was that big I thought I was kind of comparing him to his brother, Nick Robertson, who's a smaller guy. But Jason Robertson's a big boy. He, I mean, I would like a guy that big on the ice to like throw the body more often. He's not the fastest on his feet, but um, honestly, I didn't notice him all that much throughout the games, man. I mean,. I'm not saying that he's a bad player or anything. I just... I haven't seen yet what... I was like, man, 100-point players right there. He's not the only 100-point player in the playoffs to, like, not really get the job done. But that's the crazy thing, man. Like, he's not even going yet. And if he starts to go, Dallas could fuck around and win a cup. Like, who knows? Heskainen was amazing to watch, man. That guy is so much fun to watch. Flying up and down the ice, like... Nothing gets by this guy. Puck's at the blue line. He's got it covered. He'll knock that shit down back into the offensive zone. He's so good at that. So good at getting the puck out of his own zone. He's so fast. Love watching that fucking flow. His hair just flapping around in the ring in the wind. Like, he was a pleasure to watch. Joe Pavelski. What can you say about the dude? Eight goals. He's, I guess, now. Uh, The leading goal scorer of people who are still in the playoffs, Leon Dreisaitl, is probably going to finish the playoffs as the leading goal scorer. But Pavelski, he scored four goals in one game, eight goals in the series. Like, wow. Joe Pavelski, he's like 38 years old. Enough. I mean, win this man a cup, please. I mean... There's not many people more than Joe Pavelski that would want to win a cup, and he's way up there, man. Joe Pavelski is the man. He's got it going in the playoffs. He's going to be one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. The dude just fucking performs when it matters, and it's, goddamn. I want that guy to win a cup, man. It's, he's running out of time, and I want him to get it. Oh, and freaking uh, Max Domi. Max Domi has been playing really well out there. That was an awesome little pickup for the Dallas Stars coming in uh, to the trade deadline. I mean, he has performed. He's another guy, man. Like, he's um, a one, a guy that I can see more than likely getting picked up a few more times in his career at trade deadlines, because it looks like he is going to be, he's like a playoff guy. He looks like a guy that you get him into the playoffs, he's going to step his game up, and so far with Dallas, man, he's one of their highest scoring guys, and he's been performing really well. Well, uh, Also, some Kraken uh, players that were really good. I mean, there were so many of them, right? So many players got on the board, at least, I think, 18, maybe more than that. Different players scored a goal. Like, absolutely incredible from them. Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord was amazing. Jordan Eberle. Oh, my God, dude. Like, it's... Eberle feels like he's been in the NHL for 118 years. But, goddamn, that guy is a gamer. I... When he came into the league and he scored those goals for the World Juniors, I think it was, like, oh, such an electric player. He comes into Edmonton. I think it was that first, the first NHL goal that he scored was like a banger, like toe drag, like out of control. Jordan Eberly, so good. I'm so happy to see him still grinding, like not even grinding. He's still a very, he's still a good player, but he's still getting the job done over there in Seattle. The crowd loves this dude. And rightfully so. He just, he shows up, he gets the, he gets the job done. Eli Tolanen as well had a good series, really making Nashville look silly for letting that guy go for nothing. Uh, Fucking Seattle picks him up he's like a better version of Daniel Sprong' because like they did something similar with Daniel Sprung like they just know how to use players they roll four lines better than any team in the league I would have to say if only if they like just wait man like this is only the start of Seattle like just watch like Beneers can get better he didn't have the strongest performance in the playoffs though he was buzzing out there like he was flying up and down he was still for the most part it looked like he was doing pretty well uh, defensively responsible I thought he was backchecking pretty good i mean he's a young guy right so he's still only going to be getting better and better just a really fucking impressive team right there like a lot so many of us didn't think they were going to do it but now more than ever i think people are starting to realize like if you have a team that can roll the way that seattle did and maybe if you just add in one top-notch offensive player not saying that they don't really have that like Beneers was their top scoring guy, and he's not necessarily what you would call a superstar yet, but they just have so many really good players, like, top to bottom, first, second, third, and fourth line, just roll, their defense was strong, I mean, fucking, God, what, Vinny Dunn, man, like, wow, that dude had such an incredible year, I mean, made some mistakes there in the playoffs, but, I mean, fuck, like, that dude looks really freaking good, and, yeah, I mean, the future looks bright for the Kraken, I hope that, they're gonna take this they're gonna le- they've learned a lot in these playoffs, I would imagine and they're just gonna get stronger man after a performance like that and so many different guys chipping in like that is so important for team building like really just so stupidly impressive for the Vegas gold not the Vegas, not the Vegas, the Seattle Kraken. There we go. So let's talk about New Jersey. In Carolina, so a little bit of a dud of a series for me personally. I just, I really couldn't get into this one. It was, it was tough. There was a lot of blowouts, but Game Five was pretty good. It was close. It does go to overtime, and Jesper Fast. What can I say about this guy? I mean, deservedly so gets the overtime winning goal, sending Carolina to the third round, and the unsung heroes being the kind of the big story coming out of Carolina. I mean, yes, Sebastian Ajo is getting it done, but they don't have ter- uh They don't have Terra for a chunk of that series, or still don't, I don't believe. And Svechnikov has been out for the whole entire playoffs, no patch already, and they're still getting it done from fucking unsung heroes like Jesper Fast and Jordan Martinuk. Like, what? I had to do a triple take. Like, no disrespect to Jordan Martinuk, but I was like, wait, hold up. He's got 10 points? Like... Intent, he's like a point of game player right now I was like holy shit Like that is impressive I I didn't see that coming I mean very good for him That's the kind of shit you need In a good playoff run If you're gonna win a cup man You gotta have you gotta have these guys Like I'm not saying they gotta be point of game players But you gotta have your depth guys You gotta have those unsung heroes on your team Like it can't always be down to your superstar guys you, It just can't always fall on to Everything onto their shoulders You're not going to win that way And look at Carolina man it's not just the superstars on that team they're lacking a lot of their superstar power right now it's amazing defense I mean they're so, oh my god they're so good defensively man Slavin and Pesci and Shea and fuck there's so Dougie Ham not, not Dougie Hamilton he's on the other team now Brett Burns like shit dude like these guys are really good and another team that has uh Man, they're not even at full power yet, and they're playing like this. It's uh, it's very impressive. Like, just imagine if they had Sevechnikov, if patcheretti was in there. Like, Pacioretty is such a gamer. Like, oh, he would be doing some damage if he was healthy in the playoffs. And, and they're still going. They're off to the third round. And they got through New Jersey, like, I wouldn't say easily. Like, no series is going to be easy. But they, they did a really, really good job at shutting them down. And my boy, Freddie Anderson, probably one of the only Leaf fans that are still... Ah, uh, Freddie Anderson fans! I I love Freddie Anderson, and man, I'm so ha- I love that he's out there. He's getting it done, shutting people up, man. All the haters on Freddie, like he's out there, he's playing well. Fuck yeah, Carolina off to the third round with the Florida Panthers waiting for them. So is it time that we go and talk about the Leafs? I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. All right, so last time that we talked about the Leafs, we were going into Game Four. And that was that. Could have been the last game, right there. The Leafs said, "No way, Jose. We're not going home in a sweep," which is is like the minimum that I asked for out of them. I was like, "Please, just don't get swept," because it's it's going to be absolutely unbearable the way that people are going to talk about the the run, the playoff run. I mean, it's just. I think it would be unfair if they got swept. Uh, the way that people would have talked about this team, but they won Game Four. It was close, two to one game. Joseph Wall played excellent in that game, and the Leafs around him played really well, they were, they basically turtled in front of that, of, of Wall, he made the saves that he had to make, didn't have to make too many crazy ones, but the Leafs played really, really strong in front of them, and I mean, oh my god, I, wow, I f- that feels so long ago, that was the game that fucking Gutis, out of nowhere, just blasted David Kampf, like, what the fuck was that, and I, rem- I remember when that happened, I just, yelled out I was like of course it's fucking Gudis like of course Gudis is gonna do something like that absolutely almost got no attention like I was surprised that it took the analysts on the panel to talk about it I don't think they even talked about it till the end of the game no call obviously I mean what else is new and I mean end of the game shenanigans in that one really fucked up Mo gets hit hard he goes down big old dog pile and then the punching I think it was Kachuk that was punching Marner and Marner giggles and that just gives me flashbacks of when Matthews was getting ragdolled around and he was just smiling and laughing it's like stand up for yourself dude like if I got punched in the face I'm gonna punch you back that's how that works so Marner just kind of standing there takes like five or six rabbit punches and just giggles about it doesn't make you look like you're tough or anything kind of makes you look like a little bit of a wiener. Kind of makes you look like you go to Weenie Hut Junior there, Marner. But I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's it's tough it, it, that the end of the game shenanigans. I didn't like it. And um, at that point, you know, it was going to take a miracle for the Leafs to win. Even in that game, it was still too close for comfort. Still wasn't seeing what you wanted um, out of. The team. I mean, it was really good. They were getting traffic in front, which I was asking for. Still maybe not enough. And, I mean, Marner, I have to give it to him. He did come out. He played a good game there. He got called out in Game 3. He came out in Game 4. He got the big GWG, baby. A game-winning goal. He got it done. I mean, he, out of the big four in that series, he might have been the best one. And, I mean, Nylander, he played good. And, um... Yeah, so then game five happens, and that's it, baby. The The Florida Panthers put him away in OT. They got Joseph Wall starting again, and I had no problem with that. So, I mean, Joseph Wall may, might be the the best silver lining to come out of the series. I mean, at least that dude looked like he is ready to go, man. I mean, he looked great. The, the team was playing good in front of him, he looks so calm, that's the thing that I like the most about him, is how calm he looks in front of the net, in the net, and that's kind of the thing from Samsonov, you don't get all the time, he gets very erratic sometimes, and makes me nervous, it just makes me feel like he's not focused, and if he's not focused, he's gonna let in goals, and yeah, Joseph Wall just made me feel uh, better, and it looks like, Can't guarantee it, but it looks like they're more than likely going to go with a Joseph Wall and Samsonov tandem for next season. We'll have to wait and see. I mean so much hatred towards Matt Murray. I mean I mean, yeah, I know the guy didn't really play and but where it was kind of expected he wasn't gonna play, but when he played he was pretty darn alright, I thought. I thought he was decent. I'm like I'm surprised that there's so much hatred towards him. He didn't even really get a chance, I would say, but um you know, I hope the best for Matt Murray if this is the last we see of him with the Leafs, if he's going to Robidaw Island, meaning that he's just gonna get put on long term injured reserve and he's just not going to play. Because I, I don't know what they're going to do with them. I mean, it's it'll be tough, man. It's going to be tough to see what's going to happen with Matt Murray in the future. But I'm just glad that finally, it's it's been so freaking long since the Leafs have had a goaltender come out of their system. I mean, the last one was James Reimer and you know, people are kind of hot and cold on James Reimer, I'm, I love James, I just, if if he's a goalie, I probably like him, except for you Toskala, you can go away, and I mean, even Gustafson had a moment there, the monster, anyone remember that fucking guy, but seriously, Joseph Wall, he played good, there's, there's zero fucking blame on that guy's shoulders, that was not an easy thing to do, to get tossed into the middle of a series, And the first time he got into the net, he had to start on a penalty kill. Like, he did a really good job, man. I was was very impressed with Joseph Wall. And then all the other stuff happened. So, in this game, you got Leafs with a couple power plays. They're not getting anything there. They are getting some pressure. And then it's one bounce in Florida's favor, and it's 2-0 Florida early. And, yeah, the, the energy is out of the building. And it doesn't look good, but then you get some luck. We get that's what you gotta have. Some luck every now and again. And of course, it's Morgan Riley, the MVP of the Toronto Maple Leafs this playoff run. I mean, the dude was out of control. He had more goals than he did in the regular season. And fuck yeah, it's Morgan Riley, baby. But then the big controversy happens. The goal that wasn't a goal. So Morgan Riley drives the net, it's under there. Riley celebrates like it's a goal. And then they spend a lot of time looking at it, and consensus is wasn't conclusive enough for it to be a goal. Now everyone believes that yeah, it probably was under there, and and myself included. Yeah, I think it was in, but it it, it we could you could, I did not see I didn't see a single angle that I was convinced, and I am a leaf fan. So and all the other leaf fans, Steve Dangle, all those guys, they were like. It wasn't conclusive, and I agree. It, it really wasn't, and I mean that's just the underlining of a bigger problem with the NHL that we don't have this technology uh, that you can tell when the puck is behind the fucking net. Like, how many cameras do we have, and we still couldn't get an angle? Like, I mean that that's just an underlying. That's a whole. That's a story for a whole nother day of of just how behind the NHL is, we talk about that all the time, but um, it wasn't, it, I didn't see it in, man, and, and it's a shame, I was losing my mind, like, when that goal went in, but, like, within a few seconds, how it usually is, whenever the Leafs score a goal, I go, oh, no, what is it now, and, yeah, we went through that, and it wasn't a goal, it wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the story, that wasn't the end of the game, they they, did, they came back, and they tied it, so, You know, I I don't, I would not want to be in a referee's shoes at that point. That had to be one of the toughest calls to make. I think they made the right call, man. I honestly do. And I am not shy about talking about the refereeing and how bad it's been. But I think in that moment, they made the right call. And I thought Morgan Riley did the right thing. Celebrated it even if he wasn't sure if it's in. That's what you gotta do. And that just shows the Morgan Riley has learned some shit throughout his fucking runs in the playoffs. I still don't think the team has learned enough. Like, how you know, Vegas is able to slash Leon Draisaitl's arm and basically get away with murder. Like, there's still some things like that that the Leafs are going to have to learn. And yeah, I know it's terrible that that's the kind of way that they have to play the NHL game because that's the way it's been. It's been this way for so long. And I just, I don't see a change in it until Gary Bettman's gone. That's when NHL, rather, it's going to be a make-or-break situation when Gary Bettman's gone. Rather than going to put in the right guy, like, um, I don't remember, I don't remember the guy's name in the NBA, maybe it was Adam Silver, but that, whatever that guy did, you get a guy like that in here who just understands how to market this game to people and how to make it popular and how to market the superstars and not just focus on how to make millionaires into billionaires, like... Then maybe we'll see something good in terms of growth happen for the NHL because it's been rather stagnant or it's just getting lower and lower down the totem pole of popularity in sports. And I don't blame I don't blame people like I've even thought about it over the last couple of years, like just screw the regular season. What's the point of watching it when everything gets tossed out the window when you get to the playoffs, like the Bruins' president's season trophy out the window because the playoffs doesn't even... No one's going to give a shit about their president's trophy ever again because of how embarrassing their playoff run was. And the rules completely change and all this stuff. It's just a really tough sport at times to root for. But I can't deny that the first round of the playoffs is still one of the greatest things on sport in sports. Like, I just... I love the first round. After that, it's up and down. Like for me personally, I thought the second round was just nowhere near as good as the first round. We'll see what happens with the third round when we get there. It hasn't started just yet, but yeah, man, it's um it's tough. It's it was a tough call to make. Personally, like I said, I thought it was the right call. It was a hard call. Like, it's not what anyone wanted to hear in Toronto. We all wanted it to be a goal. But, I mean, I think that would have ended up causing more problems because I think all said and done, there just was not conclusive evidence. And the fact that people were saying that it was a continuous play and when Bobrovsky got up, no, it it wasn't in, okay? Like, no, the play was dead the rules are stupid, so, I mean, it's a stupid game with stupid rules, so stupid shit's gonna happen all the time, so, it's rather you get used to it, or, I, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you, so, the game continues, I mean, Willie, really late in the game, scores a gorgeous goal, coming down the, just flying down the wing, now, that dude was on a mission that game, I really liked his attitude coming into it, how he was like, oh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, like, I'm really excited for this, and he looked like it, like, you know, love him or hate him. You know, I I didn't like his performance this playoff, honestly. I just, it wasn't consistent enough at times. Like, he looks like a game breaker. Other times, he's invisible, and he wants you, he want, you want to rip your fucking head off watching him, because the effort sometimes is just non-existent. And then you see him do shit like this, where he bombs down the wing, and just at the perfect time, right the second that Bobrovsky goes down and, and just... Gives him a little bit of daylight in the top cheese. Willie fucking puts it right there. And what a goddamn goal. Like, I was losing it. Everyone lost it. Incredible goal. Sends us to overtime. I think there was like two minutes left. Like, fuck yeah, Willie. Like, that was dope. And then overtime happens. And Bobrovsky, man, he shut the door. He had an incredible tippy-toe save there. That was so fucking close. And fucking Nick Cousins, man, he comes down, gets the OT winner. And that's it. The Leafs are eliminated. Four games to one by the Florida Panthers. And, I mean, congratulations, Florida. Hell of a series. Bobrovsky, hell of a, hell of a performance out of Bobrovsky. I mean, goddamn. I, the better team won. What can I say? I mean, honestly, I thought... I didn't even think this was the best run for Toronto, even though, yeah, they made it to the second round. Tampa was the better team. And 90% of the games over there, Florida dealt with them. And... Yeah, I didn't feel all that confident coming into Florida because of the way that they played Tampa. Yeah, I mean, we're all on cloud nine that they got through Tampa. That was awesome. But you look at the way that those games went down. Like, I did say, like, yep, you got to win a couple of those games. But you, that's if you just keep that up, you're not going to, you can't win a cup, man. If you're just not, we, they're, oh boy. Like, what can I say, man? I mean, Austin Matthews didn't get on the board. Johnny wasn't on the board. Marner wasn't on the board in that game just not enough offense or any offense from the big guys and the big story right now is what's the future going to be with the big four and all that stuff so I think it's pretty safe to say that Austin Matthews gonna stay that he came out and said he loves playing here now I'm I don't really give a shit what is said in the after and all those interviews the locker cleanout stuff a lot of that is probably scripted written up by HR people and like here say this kind of stuff here's an outline of what to say and it's always the same kind of stuff I mean you know exactly what the hell they're going to say oh yeah I love it here yada 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 and that's what was said Matthew says he wants to be here do I feel like he's going to resign yes I think he is Uh, mostly just because Arizona ain't ready yet. I don't think Matthews will sign an eight-year deal. I just don't think that's what he wants to do. I think he is the kind of player that can get away with that. He's going to be good enough that he won't have to really sacrifice money for longer-term contracts. I think he will bet on himself on four to five-year contracts and kind of just keep banking on big money and, you know, leaving himself a little bit of room to play with. If you get locked in for eight years, you know, your options are limited. If you are in a four- or five-year deal, if you don't like it, then you have an opp- a better opportunity to get out of it. So the question for Matthews now is going to be what the money is going to be. Personally, I... Like, I know it's, everyone says that he's going to get a raise and everything. I just don't think that he deserves it, honestly. I know that he scored 60 goals last year, but I think, honestly, all said and done. Now, you can, you can sit here, this will probably, I don't know. But I don't know if Matthews going to ever hit 60 like that again. And I, I think for the better. Like, I don't, I think Matt, like, even from this year, just the way that he was playing, he only got 40 goals and... Everyone's kind of on him about it. And yeah, he was playing hurt. But I also think he was focusing on other more important things about his game. The 200-foot game, which, again, I think took another step forward this year. I don't think he's, like, elite yet in terms of the 200-foot game. But he's quite fucking good at it. He's really good at taking the puck away from people. I still think, like, he's really, really good at winning those battles generally. In the But not always in the playoffs, though. Like, I just wasn't seeing that domination, like in the regular season Matthews goes into a corner with the puck or if if he's going in to get the puck he's generally coming out of that like he will come out of that and yeah I mean Florida they ganged up on the stars like that's what what you expect was gonna happen they're gonna throw two guys at you double four check you because you're a good player they do it in basketball they call the double team triple team sometimes on LeBron James and shit when he's going crazy like yeah that's what they're going to do. I mean, they have to shut you down. What am I going to do? Fucking let you do your thing and score? No. I'm going to fucking shut you down, bitch. And if they can't get through that, then they can't get through that. And I think Matthews was trying a little bit more this season to find ways, more creative and different ways to score goals, playoff-style goals, because I, I I think he learned a little a thing or two from last year. And, you know, it just it didn't come together for him this, this playoffs. Like, he played good, but... Just in comparison, like, when you watch Nathan McKinnon play and you watch Dreisaitl and McDavid play, like, they're so freaking noticeable out there, and they just take over the ice every time they're out there. Like, McKinnon is one of the most terrifying players to watch. Like, you could see the fear in the defenseman's eyes when they see fucking McKinnon flying at them with full speed, and, dude, the guy is just so hard to stop and I just didn't see that gear out of Matthews this playoff like he played good I won't say that he played bad but I I would have to have an argument with Matthews and and his uh I, what do you what do you call those people the agent or whatever like I would I'd be like yeah I'll give you a little bit more money but like I can't pay I can't make you the high- like you're not McKinnon you're not McDavid I don't care Like you're just not that guy I haven't seen it I don't care if he scored 60 goals Like cool Awesome That's excellent I need I need playoff wins We need playoff wins And I need you to win them And Matthews didn't win the Leafs the first round He didn't win them the first round He didn't do anything in the second round So how can you give this, mo- this guy The most money in the league I just don't think I just can't I couldn't do it I couldn't do it and I'm not a GM and I mean it's going to be a really tough thing for Dubis or whoever's going to be the GM for them to do because that's that's tough man and it's really hard to ask a dude like hey can you take a sacrifice on your financials and stuff but I mean yeah it doesn't hurt to ask I guess and everyone's going crazy about it and I mean a lot of this comes down to bad luck like you, you couldn't predict a pandemic to hit the Leafs were the team that that bit the hardest at the salary cap going up, and then the pandemic hit, and it fucked up everything. Now, what can you do? Now, I think the problem started with Marner. He he ended up getting a lot more money than I think anyone really planned on. I, I was blown away uh, at the amount of money that he was asking for and ended up getting because I just, I think that was a massive overpayment for the time and uh, I still think it's a little it's too much for for the player that he is there's so many other players that just do more effective more dominant things than he does especially in the playoffs like yeah he's one of the best passers in the game he was incredibly effective on the penalty kill he's fast he's one of the best passers in the game effective on the power play but when it comes to the pressure gets to him, and I don't know, he seems to crumble under that pressure and just doesn't look like playoff environments, especially playoff environments in a Canadian market, are good for him. He always tends to crumble. So, I mean, I'm I'm not saying this is the trade that they're going to make, but um, is, is Tom Wilson the answer? Because, I mean, a Tom Wilson type, so... I mean, there, there's talk out there that you know the the Leafs could have potentially gotten Maddie Kachuk. I don't think that's actually true because Kachuk made it pretty evident that he didn't want to play in a Canadian market. Uh, he was available, and I mean, the Leafs could have potentially offered up a Marner, something like that, and tried to get a Kachuk. I just don't think Kachuk would have came because he doesn't. He didn't. He made it very clear he didn't want to be in a Canadian market, and I think it was his mission to go to Florida, and that's exactly what he did. And I mean, is there another player of that caliber? Like, how many of those guys are even in the league? Like, four and two of them are Kajuk, Kachucks. One's on Ottawa. He's not going anywhere. That's their captain. Kachuck, at this point, there's no fucking way he's going anywhere in Florida. He's going to be buried in Florida now underneath their arena with four Stanley Cup rings, probably. Who knows? And the only other guy that I can really think of, of that ilk, is a Tom Wilson and like you would be batshit fucking crazy to do a one-on-one trade like Marner for Tom Wilson straight up, you'd be you'd be slaughtered. Like there's no way. And like I don't even think Washington would necessarily do that trade. Why would they want to bring in a Marner? Like there's like I said, there's only so many Tom Wilson types in the league, right? Like he's he's a game changer just on paper. Like going into a playoff series, uh, you got Tom Wilson. Ugh, oh god, and. You can argue that there are other very bargain bin players that you can maybe bring in, like um, uh, what do you call him? What's his name? From he used to be on Vegas, um, fucking Ryan Reeves. God damn it! Okay, um, I I know, like Ryan Reeves. I know he's, dead, but a guy like that on the team, you know, that could scare someone off. And I mean, I don't know, man. I, I definitely uh, glad that I don't work in the Leafs organization right now because at this point, everyone. I don't know who's safe at this point. The only people that I feel like are are safe safe would be like Austin Matthews, as long as like I think that that's pretty good. Tavares is safe just because I don't think that he would be he can be moved or would like allow that to happen. Morgan Riley shouldn't be going anywhere, and I think that's probably it. I mean, there's a lot of guys up for contract renewal. I mean, you got Nola who I'd love to have back. Ryan O'Reilly, yeah, I'd love to have that guy back. I don't know if he's going to do it. It would be amazing if you can get him on a deal. Like, I doubt you'd ever be able to convince him to take, like, league minimum, like Giordano or something. Because, like, Ryan O'Reilly can just move on to another team if he wants to. But, man, he would be amazing to have in the organization to stick around. Kerfoot should be launched off into the sun along with Justin Hall. Those guys should not return. Um... Luke Shen, I mean, Jesus, dude, that guy has to stay. Like, oh, my God, I want him to stay for the rest of his career. That'd be great. Samsonov, I, I'm hoping that they can resign. I have no idea what kind of money. Like, that's going to be a tough one to negotiate because, like, he had a. It wasn't like a, an amazing season by any stretch of the imagination. It was a good enough season, so I'm hoping if the Leafs can re-sign Samsonov, it'd be in and around maybe two, three million. I would. I mean, hopefully, maybe less. I would. That would be great. But I mean, you're gonna have Jake uh McCabe is gonna be back. You got Giordano is gonna be back, and. Yeah, man, it's going to be hopefully a different looking team because I I just don't know how you can keep that core four together after this much disappointing seasons in a row. William Nylander is the most tradable one. He's got the easiest cap hit to move, but... I mean, I would. I personally would prefer to keep William Nylander over Marner at this point. I just think Marner might be the redundant person on the team. Like, I just think he's been overall the least effective. People can argue for John Tavares. I can hear that argument. I understand that. Like, Tavares hasn't been that effective in the playoffs either. I just don't think his speed is going to. He doesn't have the speed to be as effective as he as he could be. He's still getting the little things done. Like. I know his game isn't the most flashy thing, but he does a lot of really important smart small things that tend to lead to goals. I mean, there was I think it was to the Marner goal that he scored in game 4 and it was like just a smart little chip play that he does all the time that's just goes under the radar, but that's what John does. And yeah, I know he's p- getting paid 11 million dollars which I mean, he's still a point-per-game player. Like, there's worse contracts out there by far. I Like, John Tavares, it's not a good contract, but it's not that bad. I really, I'm surprised at how much, like, bad talk is over John Tavares. I think maybe it's because he damn near scored 50 in his first year and he hasn't gotten anywhere near that since. But I don't know if y'all ever heard of a career year before. I mean, he was playing with Marner the whole entire season. His first season out of the island, which he was probably like so relieved to get out of there in hindsight he probably wish he never left but still like there's there's a lot of reasons why he got that fucking really good season but he's but just dandy after that so I don't know man like it's definitely something's got to change I think they need to change the way that they play the game the possession thing it's just not working it really just is not and you look at a team like Florida how they just absolutely picked them apart. They don't need they didn't need to play with possession. That's not how they roll. They like to do counterattacks and make you pay. So that'll be really interesting to see how that series goes down between Florida and Carolina cuz Carolina kind of plays a similar a little bit similar to the Leafs, they like to have the puck, they like possession, and Florida's really good at playing teams that are like to have the puck a lot, so it's a fucking frustrating team to play against, like, to watch your team, like, they're getting shots, and, like, it only, like, it happens so often against the Leafs, they make one mistake, and it's in the back of your net, so something's gotta give, man, like, they've been doing this, what, seven years now, and the best you got is kind of getting slaughtered in the second round, so something's got to go something's got to give and consensus seems to be it's going to be rather willie or marner those are the two most tradable ones i mean i i still feel like you can do something with columbus maybe with with marner because i, I don't know if people remember but before marner got signed you know columbus was willing to give marner like 14 million dollars per season to get him over there now now that they got Johnny Goudreau over there it makes a lot less sense to have a guy like marner over there as well they're kind of similar so but we'll see man we'll see what the future is going to be with the Leafs it's definitely definitely going to be some shit going down don't know if Sheldon Keefe is going to come back there's a lot. I mean, maybe Sheldon Keefe just isn't a head coach guy. Maybe he'd be. I still, I really like the message that he was sending. I think he's sending the right messages, but maybe he's just not the best coach at doing matchups and stuff like that. I don't really. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know matchups really well and, and what's going on in the bench and how they're doing that kind of stuff. But I mean, everyone says that Sheldon Keefe gets out coached. By damn near every coach, and maybe that that's the case, maybe it is, I mean, the fact that you're still utilizing Justin Hall is shocking, the way that they're still using Kerfoot is a bit shocking, and they couldn't figure out that top six all year, and yeah, I mean, the defense has gotten better, but uh, I don't know, man, like, maybe Sheldon Keith's not the guy, what are they going to do with Dubas, you know, speculation that Dubas, I mean, from what Dubas said the other day, he, I, I believe that he won't fuck the leaves over by just saying, yep, see you later, without any, any warning or anything. If he goes, it's going to be well-known, and it's not going to be a big shock or anything. And if he stays, I don't think it's going to be that big of a shock. I mean, Dubas, I think, made some mistakes early on in his career and you know there's always that speculation of like how much how much, how mu- how in control is dubas really like how much of the decisions that he wants to make are are set or he's told no to by higher ups like i don't know the way that that shit works right i mean there's so many gms in this league that appears like they're just kind of there as a body and like higher powers are making the decisions here so i don't know how much there is to blame on dubas i don't i really just don't know if if they're going to move uh, if they're going to move Dubis up to president, I mean, some people are kind of making a good argument that Dubas could make a good president and maybe Shanahan can go fuck off. I don't really, I don't know what is going to happen, but I will be reporting on it, that's for sure. Is Brandon Pridham going to be the next GM? Like, I, who knows, man? Like, it's going to be, Jason Spezza? What are you going to do, homie? You want to be a GM? I don't know, that'd be really interesting. As long as Jason Spezza doesn't go anywhere, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, I like Dubis. I think he's... I think he's really, I think he's great at drafting for the most part. I think he's done really well at drafting. The way that he is able to find cheap players like David Kampf and Bunting, I mean, he's amazing at it. He's so good at it. His big mistakes came from a couple of over, a few major overpayments on on his superstars of Matthews Marner, William Nylander, arguably, I mean, at the time it looked like he got taken to the cleaners, but a pretty fucking good looking contract now, isn't it? But the Marner one really just sticks out to me as a bad one. I just, I don't like the way that he kind of got taken advantage of. And I personally always think that they should have kept Lula Morello for that one extra year so that he could scare the young guys into shitty contracts. And then you can have Dubas take over, but yeah, I know how that goes. So, It's going to be really interesting, man. I'm curious to hear what y'all think about the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who's staying? Who's going? Who's coaching? Who's going to be the GM? Where's Matthews going to end up? Is he going to Arizona? Is he going to LA? Or is he going to stay as a Leaf? I think he's going to stay as a Leaf. He loves it here. He really does actually seem to love it here. Like, when he says that, I, I do tend to believe that. I mean, he's big friends with Bieber. He's... Very well known he seems to like the 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 spotlight he he likes that stuff he's big into fashion. I think he does actually like it here, and if he goes somewhere else, he goes somewhere else. I mean, as long as he doesn't go for nothing i mean it was it was great to have you here poppy i mean i I, I want him to be the greatest leaf of all time and bring a cup to this fucking city, but I just don't know if he's going to do it with Marner and all these guys with him he he's got to find. Something else. Man, there's definitely something else out there. I mean, yes, I realize that Marner brings a lot of things to uh, this team that may not be replaceable. But, I mean, you can get a guy that can pass a puck. You can get a guy that can play a penalty kill. So, I mean, I think at this point salary cap is more valuable to this team. So, something's got to give. Someone's got to go. they got to get some money. And they got to add more depth to this team to give him a better chance and they got to get some guys that can make space for the stars they gotta they gotta do stuff like that so you know if they go on with Dubis, I'm confident that he's gonna find some more bargain players out there he's been doing it for years will he find another Michael Bunting out there is Michael Bunting coming back I mean I doubt it unless you know he he manages his way into a really nice contract I mean he he had a good year, but, I mean, he definitely lit up a little bit of money in that playoff, but we'll see what the future is with Bunting. I mean, I feel like um, Matthew Nyes will be that replacement. I, I already feel like Matthew Nyes is a quite a nice, significant upgrade over what Bunting can do from the short amount of time that we saw Nyes in the playoffs. I mean, he was... He was very... He might have been the most noticeable guy when he was out there at times. I mean, he was big. He was fast. He was making space. He was He was making players think twice. So, I mean, it's... Well, gotta see what Matthew Nice can do in a full season before... You know, I can really put a finger on what he, he's going to bring to the table, but I definitely think he's going to be a major piece for the Leafs next season. I think he's going to do a lot of damage, and he's going to be a very good complementary piece. I don't think he's the answer, but maybe another couple players similar to Nye's. You get another Nolachari type. Yeah, I hope they can keep David Kampf. I mean, I, I'd i be a little bit surprised if he goes because they, they've utilized him so well. I'd be fine with him making a little bit more money, but there's there's only so much you can give the guy, right? I mean, he's really just a defensive kind of bottom six guy. He's, he's not like a multi-million dollar kind of player. Maybe a million, maybe a million five at maximum. After that, see you later, buddy. We'll find someone else, but... Yeah, dude, it's going to be an offseason for sure for the Leafs. It's going to be, I imagine, some shifting. I know people have said that for years and years now after every playoff loss. Oh, it's just the end of the core, and it hasn't been yet. So, I mean, until it happens, the core is still here. Until they're not here, they're here. So that's that's where we'll leave that. So let's go talk about now quickly about the upcoming round three of the playoffs. So in the East, you got Carolina versus Florida, which I already kind of touched on. I, I favor florida a little bit because of the nature of the way that they took down the leafs carolina plays a semi-similar game than the leafs i think carolina is much better defensively they've got the better goaltender and if their depth keeps rolling and if they're able to get terra back in the lineup who knows like i'm not counting out carolina i think it's going to be a, a Pretty tight series. I imagine there's gonna be some hatred up in here. Oh, I didn't even talk about the, the handshake lineup in Vegas and Edmonton. That was pretty. Oh boy, you can cut the tension with a fucking knife on that one, baby. Oh my god, everyone like it. Literally, might have been the fastest handshake line of all time. Like I swear to God, I saw it. It was going down. I was like, cool. I saw Woodcroft shaking hands with with. Um, uh, Cassidy Or something, Whatever And um, Next thing you know They're gone I was like Whoa And then I saw The replay Of, of uh, Drysaddle And Petrangelo Shaking hands Oh my god I thought someone Was gonna get killed Right there But Don't blame him man I mean I'd be just as pissed off And Yeah maybe Petrangelo Was trying to apologize But like Dude Come on You knew He knew exa- I wouldn't take an apology From either man Like fuck that Like That was Kinda chicken shit Kinda gutless Honestly Like I think Petrangelo is a fantastic player, but that play that was just chicken shit, dude. Honestly, just chicken shit. So Florida, Carolina. I Think it's going to be a good series. I hope it goes long. Like I just I love a good long series. I want it to be competitive. I'm tired of this this fucking Carolina one sided games. Like it's rather fucking six one or or they're losing six one. I want fucking some overtime. I want some close games. I want a goaltender battle. Maybe one or two of those would be good. A little Freddie you know, doing some crazy shit. I want some fighting. I want Kachuk to take it to another level because he was honestly a little bit quiet, at least goal scoring wise against the Leafs. I still thought Matthew Kachuk was very effective out there. He was definitely making waves out there. He was allowing his team to work while he was getting the attention, right? So I don't know. It'd be nice to see Matthew Kachuk, you know, explode again in the third round. And and yeah, it'd be really good. I think it's going to be a fine series. And then you got Dallas... And Vegas, which ooh, baby, that that's a nice little fucking series right there, man. These are two very, very good teams. I mean, Vegas, they're they're good, man. I mean, the only thing that they really got against them is the goaltending, but Aiden Hill so far has shut everybody up. Like I said, they have Jonathan Quick kind of just sitting there as a wild card. Ace in the hole, maybe. If he comes in, who knows? Maybe Jonathan Quick fucks around, wins himself another Stanley Cup. Who knows? So, that'll be really interesting. Dallas, if they can get Robertson going, that would really, really help them. I think it's going to be an awesome fucking series, man. Like, Jack Eichel is playing out of his mind. He is definitely loving playing some meaningful games right here. I mean, it's been... Way too long to finally see Jack Eichel in this position, and he's thriving. He's doing so good. Um, try and keep it clean, Petrangelo. Don't hack anybody's freaking wrists off because they're they're too good and you can't defend them. So try and keep it clean there. You know, uh, Canadian boy there. If uh, you don't you know, try and keep try and keep your just fuck man, just play the game normally. Just be cool about it. All right, don't don't want any of that bullshit. I, I want as little controversy in these series as possible. I want it to come down to. The better team. I don't want it to come down to what referee did and didn't do that. I don't want it to be, oh, this and that with the penalties. I don't want that conversation. I would just love it for it to be like, man, that was some good hockey. And those were two good hockey teams. But that team was just that much better. And there you go. So who do you think is going to win those series? I don't know. I think uh, I'm smitten with either on the West. I think Vegas and Dallas are two very good teams. I think whoever... Uh, either of those two, it's going to be a really good final, and I mean, Florida, it'd be, I mean, it would make the hurt of the Leafs getting eliminated hurt a little bit less, not that much, honestly, but it'd make things hurt a little bit less, Carolina, I mean, they've just been so damn boring, like, I respect the team a lot, they just haven't been really fun to watch, like, I've, I've tried to watch the games, they're just not that good, I mean, I've, if I was a Carolina fan, I'd be absolutely in love with this. The best thing about Carolina games is their fans. I mean, their fans are awesome, such good fans, so loud, so so wild, and yeah, it's really fun. I wish Savchenkov was there, man. He, I love that guy. I think he's so. I'm so devastated that he's missing out on this. But maybe if they if they make it to the finals, maybe he'll be there. I I kind of forget the nature of his injury. I know it was pretty bad. But um, yeah, man, it's gonna be good. I I, I don't know. I, mean, I I think I'm edging a little bit more towards Florida. I think they just got a little bit more momentum right now. Like taking out the Leafs, that's a big deal. Taking out who the fuck they take out in the first round? Hold on, I got it here somewhere. Ah, uh, oh yeah, they took a Boston. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God, I got it. Forgot about that for a second. Oh, Boston. Oh boy, that was good times. That was good times. So I think that's going to be it, everybody. Let me just hold on. There was one thing about Philadelphia I think I missed. Hold on here. Uh, Danny Briere has been named the official GM now, which I don't really think is all that big of news. Kind of saw that one coming. But uh, Keith Jones is the new president of Philadelphia. So, I mean, okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, another guy who, you know, he played few hundred games with Philly. I don't think he was like when you think of keith jones do you really think about the flyers and even with danny briere like i don't picture him as a flyer honestly like i remember him there but i don't know i whatever it is what it is it'll be the flyers are going to be interesting that's for sure and i don't think i missed anything else we talked about that we did seattle we did that the leafs so oh boy what's gonna happen there yeah, I think we're pretty good. I mean, it's going to be a long off season. I mean, we're getting closer to the end of the playoffs and stuff. So once everything calms down a little bit, I'm going to go through all of the teams. We're going to do like a season-ending debrief, and we'll talk about the, what their future plans are and all that. We'll go through all the divisions once everything's over. We got the draft will be upcoming, and then of course, free agency. So there's going to be a lot to do in the off offseason. I got some Plans for uh, some fun leaf stuff we can do when it gets really quiet and all the bigger. NHL hockey podcast go on their summer holidays. That's when I will come in and I'll do my I'll do my part. I'll grind it out with y'all and I'll get us to the to the beginning of the season. So um, that'll be it for me. Make sure you go back and check out uh, this last Monday's GX GamerCast. It was a big one. It was a versus little triple threat action of the seventh generation of consoles: the Wii versus the 360 versus the PS3 fucking super fun episode for me to do just going back talking about that fucking era of games for me that was a big time for me I was just coming in as a teenager becoming a hardcore gamer and shit so it was really fun to talk about that generation man going back talking about those old games and yeah it was a fun one so uh go over there and check that one out for me let me know what you think and i believe this upcoming monday's gx gamer cast i'm gonna be doing super mario world old school fucking retro game so i'm gonna be doing that on monday so you can look forward to that saturday will be the WrestleCast. i don't think there's i think there might actually be a pay-per-view this weekend so there will be an extra pay-per-view uh wrestling pay-per-view review probably on sunday uh whenever that happens so uh be on the lookout keep up if you're bored if you want some more content you can go check out my youtube channel gamer gx videos playing some resident evil 8 over there right now scaring the fuck out of me definitely just experienced the scariest part of the game the other day when i was playing it so yeah those episodes will be coming out pretty soon they're um yeah, I'm, I'm happy I'm through that part of the game. So if you want to watch a grown man get scared, uh, you can go over there and check out those videos. Leave comments if you have any questions related to the Leafs, hockey, anything like that, video games, wrestling. Got questions for the podcast, you can send them in through the email. Twitter, there's a Twitter page you can follow. Early announcements, all that stuff. You can go on YouTube, leave a comment on the videos. You do whatever you want. And uh, yeah, we will be back again, and we'll be starting the third round of the playoffs. No leaves, no.